Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy Chili Friday. If you're here in the Mile High City, as it finally feels like fall, Cecil Lammy, Rachel V. Hill, after our first NFL game of the season last night, as the Bills went 31 to 10. Not the scoreline I was expecting. I was expecting it to be a little bit closer, Cecil. But how about those Buffalo Bills? Yeah, the Bills with the most pressure of any team this season because every single week they they're the Super Bowl favorites. They're the team that everyone thinks will win it all. So they have to go out there. They don't have to clown hammer everybody like they did. That game was fairly close for a while. In the second half, they pulled away. But like you know, you got to go out there and put out a good performance, and then you have to get it done in the postseason. So regular season, hell, they could go undefeated, and it doesn't matter if they don't win the Super Bowl. Uh, but they have incredible pressure every single week um, that's on Sean McDermott and Josh Allen. Now is their time. And they certainly had a good showing in week one. So I'm happy for that. I love Josh Allen, my best friend's Bills fan. And, you know, you just love seeing the success of that young man from right up there in Laramie. Um, sure wish the Broncos would have got him. But either way, we got Russell Wilson, so we're good to go for now. There is Josh Allen, only player with 100-plus passing touchdowns and 30-plus rushing touchdowns in his first four seasons, obviously celebrating last night. But let's talk a little bit about the Rams, too, because it definitely wasn't the showing everybody was expecting from the Super Bowl champions. No, and, well, you know, they've lost quite a few assets from that team, mainly Von Miller, who was on the flip side. Von can still get it done. My God, can Von still get it done? We're going to talk about it, Cecil. We're going to yeah. talk about it so yeah. much. We're going to get to that. Um, and then I look at Noah Dell Beckham Jr. I know Adele had kind of teased that he was going to play for whoever won that game. Um, and then you look at the ground game. You have Daryl Henderson, who's not real good. Uh, Cam Akers, not real good. Um, and both of them banged up and have been fighting through injuries. So, And Matthew Stafford has an elbow thing. He didn't start throwing from the Super Bowl until June, I believe. And it might have been late June, almost July, when he started throwing because he had to have injections in his elbow and they say, that's okay. That's fine. It's his throwing elbow, by the way. Mm -hmm. So they say it's okay and it's fine, but I've never, it's never been my experience as an old person who covers this league for 20 years. Like it's not my experience that you can not throw for six months and everything's fine. And you have to manage your elbow every week and everything's fine. So um, you know, they'll have to do a better job. Fortunately, they play in the NFC and the NFC is kind of the, uh, little brother of the NFL. Cause it's not as tough. You're in the NFC. You've got an easier path to the Super Bowl. If you're the Buffalo Bills, you have an incredibly tough path to the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. No, 100%. But we'll talk about Von Miller now because he can still play. My gosh, Von Miller stock's still going up with the triangle. I think Von Miller's probably one of the only people that could pull off a hairstyle like that. And everyone would be like, Oh yeah, nice Von. Nice. But should the Broncos have tried to keep Von Miller or to bring him back, I guess I should say, Cecil? Uh, I mean, to me, I don't I don't want to necessarily say it's a nonsensical conversation, but it's just, you know, what's done is done type of thing. Should they? Yes. But here's what they should have done. They should. I'm going to cuss. I don't want to cuss. <laughs> oh, peace, tranquility. It's a Friday they morning, have, everyone. They should have drafted Josh Allen instead of Bradley Chubb, and they should have paid Shaq Barrett. Okay, so if we want to get into what they really should have done, that's what they should have done. You should have never hired Vic Fangio. Listen, we're making fun of Seattle all day, which is good uh, because Seattle's an abomination. All the NPCs up there that are the, the 12s, like, oh, hey, 12, shut up. Uh, that up there, they can't think for themselves and they just think exactly what the propaganda outlets for Seattle tell them to think. 
and Russell Wilson, he is a, I am a robot. I cannot think for myself. Russell Wilson is bad. Russell Wilson. We make fun of those guys all the time because they chose Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson, which is an abomination. Well, the Broncos chose Vic Fangio over Von Miller and Vic Fangio was so awful. He was so bad. Again, nicest guy ever. It's not ageism, anything like that, but he's a terrible manipulative person allegedly or whatever I have to say so I don't get in trouble and this team which was poorly run for six years okay we're, we're just going to tell the truth love everyone out there at UCL training center but when you didn't have an owner and you had a pretend owner sorry to anyone that's offense uh, but that's what happened you make these decisions like hey we're going to sit down with Vic Fangio and then Vic Fangio is not down with Von Miller so again, Rachel, I apologize for being super energetic, but it's like, yeah, they should have kept Von Miller. There's a lot of things this team should have done, and they kept making the wrong choices all the time. Now with George Payton, with the Walton Penner group, with Russell Wilson, I think choices, better choices, better confidence in what you're doing. I think in football and life for all of us, when you have confidence in yourself, belief in yourself, you make better choices. Um, I believe the Broncos now are going to be run with more confidence because it is a real ownership group. It's not a pretend owner who's just kind of double dipping and keeping stuff in charge while we wait for the disaster that eventually happened. And it was the sale of the team. So I know that's a roundabout way because it's easy and you suck up to the fans. If you say they should have kept on, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to talk football. The football business side of it says, hell yeah, you should have kept Vaughn. They've done a lot of things wrong. And that was picking Vic Fangio over Vaughn Miller. Randy Gregory or Vaughn Miller? No, Vaughn. Easy. Randy Gregory hasn't hardly done anything. What's his career high? Six mm-hmm. for sacks? So it's potential. And as Mark Schlereth will tell you, potential is a dirty, filthy word. I want the proven guy. I want the guy that never wanted to leave here. You know what I mean? I want the guy that drives the Batmobile. Uh, you know, I want that guy on this team. And with Randy Gregory, I hope it works out. I hope he gets 20 sacks in two years because he's gotten six. He's never even gotten to double digits. So, yeah, Von Miller, who can still – the moves he was doing last night, it's vintage Von. I know it's week one, maybe he wears down or whatever, but, like, it's vintage Von. He's still got it, man. Was last night hard for Von Miller, do you think? Going back into the place where you won a Super Bowl, now you're with a new team, but you come out on the side. No, 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 no. He was with the Rams for what, six weeks? Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Someone with with someone for two months. You know what I mean? It's like dating. Like you're going to date. I always laugh. um, uh, My daughters are dating, right? And so my youngest would be like, it's our three month anniversary. I'm like, oh, okay, nice. (laughs) Three month anniversary. What do you get for a three-month anniversary? A box of chocolates? Like, I don't know. But, like, okay. You know, How old you, is your daughter? Uh, 16. The, my youngest is 16. So, um, I, I look you at like the situation. boyfriend? Well, yes. I really do. Okay. Really good. Really good young man. A very motivated young man. So does he I, like I football? Really, yes, he does like football. He used to play football until he shredded his knee. So, uh, you know, on to... Onto different things now, which is fine. Football leaves us all. Some some of us get to play in the NFL like Von Miller. Some of us don't get out of high school like myself and, and ever play football again. But, you know, with Von, he's in mercenary mode now. He's in go win more championships mode. He's in go 
um, be the greatest sack artist of all time, that's the mode that he's in. If he gets another Super Bowl, all apologies to Bruce Smith, because I think Bruce Smith still has like almost 100 more sacks than Vaughn. It's not quite 100. It's probably like 80. Uh But just off the top of my head, Bruce Smith has 200 sacks. (laughs) Vaughn's got like 100 and some. How many Uh, years did he play? Bruce Smith played for maybe like 15 years. There was some time in Washington at the end where it's like, are you still really playing? So, yeah, but Bruce Smith was excellent. Um, But Bruce Smith doesn't have the rings. If Vaughn can keep building the sacks and have multiple rings, he's already got two. If he gets a third one with Buffalo, I mean, my God, you're like, Lawrence Taylor, who? Mm -hmm. That's what Vaughn is doing. And Jake says in the chat that it was 19 years for Bruce. So, yeah, there's uh, quite a bit of time. For one, Bruce Smith, you know, a nice, nice player, great player, Hall of Fame player. But mm-hmm. Vaughn's getting those rings and going for legacy and having fun. I love seeing Vaughn. Happy fun, Vaughn, is the best Vaughn there is. When they're trying to, like, be a leader, Vaughn, go yell at people, Vaughn. I remember watching Vaughn in the locker room be like, let's go lift weights, guys. And everyone's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. like, that's not him. Mm-hmm. Let him be happy, fun, Vaughn. And when he's happy, fun, Vaughn, he's really flipping good oh it's gonna be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out broncos country obviously was still so much love for him um but we got a comment that says when cecil said broncos dynasty gave me goosebumps cecil for president lol tgif yes maria says miss von happy for him as long as he's not playing the broncos and isn't that a truth okay but so i want to go back to monday night real quick um between the broncos and the seahawks talking at this linebacker position who do you anticipate to have a bigger night chubb or gregory it's chubb i mean uh again how confident are you in that answer uh honestly Mm -hmm. i want to say baron brownie (laughs) honestly um i really believe in bradley chubb like chubb's back he's he's got that right mentality Mm -hmm. gregory is interesting again i don't want to say here's the problem with a lot of media and it just doesn't have to do with sports just telling you that everything's okay when everything's not okay. One, we don't do that on the fan because we're not a propaganda outlet and we're not just like, it's everything's great. Randy Gregory's the greatest ever. No, I have concerns with him. He has six sacks as his career high. Like what? That's nothing. Vaughn would get that in a game. Like, so, you know, is it Chubb or Gregory? That's yeah, it's Chubb all the way. Mm-hmm. Honestly, my hot take isn't the dynasty thing, which we can get to if you want. We do have time. Um, to me, my hot take is you're going to see Drew Locke on Monday because this Broncos defense is going to beat the hell out of Geno Smith. I feel very bad, and I never root for injury. Never, No one should ever do that. But this Broncos defense is going to get after the quarterback, and they won't be in a position. They have two rookie corners on the other side and players that I really like, Tariq Woolen, who was a player that I wanted in the fifth round instead of Montreal Washington. So everyone can lose their mind over that when he has one catch um, and an end around for a touchdown. Wait, but, so like, quick, I'm going to interrupt you and we're going to go yeah. a little differently, but what do you think sure. about Russell Wilson handpicking Montreal Washington? Uh, it's fine. I don't necessarily like it. Um, Patrick Mahomes handpicked Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first round and Edwards Hilaire is almost going to be replaced by Isaiah Pacheco there. We're 12 minutes in, Rachel, and I got in. Uh, they should have drafted someone else. And listen, this isn't 
I'm going to have to do this every time because I get chirped on Twitter, which is fine. Generally, I hate Twitter. I think social networking is a large waste of time and the downfall of humanity. But I'll say this, and I guess I have to say it every time. It doesn't mean Montreal Washington is a bad player. It's just when Tariq Woolen, who is a 6'4 corner that runs a 4'2", yes, he's going to start for Seattle this week. Yes, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yes, he's going to get torched by Cortland Sutton. Like torched, so but Tariq Woolen six four four two yes, give me that, and then in Denver he'd be like fifth string, but you can just kind of just promote it, you know, keep working him and develop him. Skylar Thompson might replace Tua Tagovailoa as the starting quarterback for the Dolphins. I know, I know, you didn't need a starter, but Skylar is a shorter quarterback who is a running quarterback who is a lot like Russell Wilson was. When he came out of Wisconsin, you could have had a perfect developmental guy, could have traded him like the Patriots did with Jimmy G when, you know, Brady just kept getting it done. Like, so there were other options, Kyron Williams, all these other players that Isaiah Pacheco, all these other players that I mentioned, it doesn't mean Montreal Washington's a terrible player. Mm-hmm. He's a good player, but in the fifth round on a player who didn't think he was going to get drafted. And I'm going to be that guy. Cause the popular thing is, and this is very, um, it's very misleading for the fan base. Nothing pisses me off more than people who try to mislead the fan base. Because the easy thing is to say, I knew Montreal, Washington could play all the time. I broke down the Sanford film that game against Florida. Nobody knew his name. Until he was picked, outside of me and Andrew Mason, nobody knew his name. And I know I sound like an aloha when I say that, but whatever. It's the God's honest truth. So if you're listening to someone who promotes themselves as, I always knew Montreal Washington would play. No, you didn't. You're lying to the fans. Stop lying. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. Montreal Washington can play. He's going to catch 20 passes this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you have all these other players that could be in different positions in different parts of their career. So either way, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Randy Gregory. <laughs> I, I don't want to, you know, be super negative. I want to be positive about Randy Gregory, but... I'm going Shania Twain on you, Rachel. That six sacks that don't impress me much, Ooh, right? I like it. Well, I mean, six sacks, six mm-hmm. in a year, in a year, not in a game, not in a month, in a year. Yep. And you've played check whoop ass your entire career, zero discipline. So, from a talent evaluator standpoint, if you say, you know, big length, closing burst. Yes, but the talent is so easy to see. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like the physical talents, the physical gifts that these players have, they're so incredibly easy to see. It takes so much more than that to be a proper talent evaluator. So I am excited about Randy Gregory. I wouldn't have paid him that much money, honestly. Kept Von Miller, whatever you want to say. Uh, But for me, I know what Bradley Chubb has done. I've seen it. Mm I've seen it. So I want to see it again. And just being around Bradley – in the locker room this week, like the dude's back, the dude's ready. So, you know, hope he stays healthy and hope he gets a new contract, hopefully with the Broncos. But yeah, it was a Chubb or Gregory until Gregory starts blowing me away. Like he's going to have to prove it before I get all excited. Again, physical talent, the fit, everything's there. I got pass rushers behind him. I'm more excited about. Okay, okay. Um, Real quick, we do have some breaking news coming out of the MLB. They are going to implement a pitch clock and ban defensive shifts. So check out DenverFan.com. We'll keep you updated on all of that information. But Cecil, let's stay on Monday night. Who has the advantage, Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson? 
I'm offended you interrupted me for baseball. But anyway, uh, Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson? I kid, Rachel. You know that. Uh, all up, all up. It's, it's never Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. It's never Pete Carroll. They're so overmatched. If the Broncos had played their starters in the preseason, they'd win 35-3. to three. Okay. They got to shake off a little rust. And I don't know if that's going to be there to be quite as personal because the egos on the field are one thing, right? I always laugh when people are like, that guy is so egotistical. I'm like, good. Have you seen football players that aren't egomaniacs? You know what they are? Not good. Um, I want the guy that's, I'm the man. Like, even if he's kind of not the man and you're like, you're not the man. I I want that guy that's like, I'm the total man. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're a football player. You're an alpha. Go be a flipping alpha. But the thing is, on the field, the egos are, well, much smaller compared to the egos in the front office, the egos in the head coaching position. Those guys are jerks, Uh, a lot of them. Nathaniel Hackett's the greatest ever, or whatever I have to say. But, like, for me, it's never Pete Carroll. Never, ever Pete Carroll. A forever mistake. Mm -hmm. that The blemish on that team, the, the mark, the scar, that will be forever marring the face of the Seattle Seahawks, the logo, the 12, whatever you got to say. You stole it from Texas A&M. That it was always going to be there. They chose Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson. It's mm-hmm. one of the biggest mistakes in NFL history. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Russell's that much of a jerk to go after him. I don't think Hackett's that much of a jerk to go after him. But if they wanted to, again, two rookie corners, Kobe Bryant, and yes, he's named after the Kobe Bryant, although he spells his name with a C, um, and Tariq Woolen, who I mentioned, 6'4", 4'2", UTSA prospect. I wanted in the fifth round. The guy doesn't know what he's doing at all. (laughs) And uh, Russell Wilson's going to – he's going to beat them up. Again, I'm trying not to cuss, Rachel. It's week one. I'm super excited. But, yeah, um, advantage, Russell Wilson all day. I'm Will, apparently. I didn't I didn't realize that. You know, everyone, it's a Friday. We're just ready for football. We were up a little bit later last night because we were watching the game. So no worries, no worries. I'll be Will for a quick second. But um, let's go on now to who are you more excited to see go up on Pat Sertan? DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett? Um, for me, it's Metcalf because, again, it's the alpha thing of it. And Metcalf, I'm glad he got his contract. I do like DK. Um, him and AJ Brown were teammates at Ole Miss. That just trips me out. It's like, wow. Had all that talent and couldn't make anything happen. But anyway, like for me, it's DK and Tyler's a different type of player. Um, And it's an advantage for Sertan, no matter who he's on, but the more physical presence, the larger body, the faster man, um, Metcalf, even though he's larger than Lockett, he's faster than him. He's not quicker. Um, But yeah, that, that matchup, a clash of the Titans, if you will, but you have Geno Smith throwing in the ball. So uh, Gino's probably going to avoid Sertan. If he doesn't, Sertan will make him pay, regardless of who he's covering. I'm so excited for this matchup on Monday. I, I really wish we were playing on Sunday because we just have to wait another day, but the anticipation come Monday is going to be so much fun as well. Uh, what's your biggest question mark still about this Broncos team? Oh, God. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> um, offensive line, protect okay. Russ. You have to protect Russell Wilson. Like, that's still a question mark. Right side, what's that look like? Garrett Bowles, what's he look like? Totally low maintenance, Garrett Bowles. Sorry, I don't want to offend anyone. Uh, totally low maintenance, Garrett Bowles. Um, and then, of course, inside linebacker. Uh, you know, 
no offense to no offense, I don't think he shreds him up. And again, that's partly on Gino. But mm-hmm. when you play, and George Kittle's already hurt, so I don't even know if it's going to be George Kittle in week three. But when you play these better tight ends, your Mark Andrews's, your Travis Kelsey's, these type of players, mm-hmm. um, hell, I think Chiggy Okonkwo could get after him uh, when they play the Titans. As a rookie, I really, really appreciate his game. But either way, like inside linebacker coverage, what's that look like? Covering running backs as receivers out of the backfield, what does that look like? They don't have much of a test this week. Mm-hmm. The optics are going to matter. I think they could – it could be 35-3. to three. It could be worse, honestly. Uh, I think I have it like 24-13 on Broncos. But okay. to me, I'm like, mm, it could be pretty ugly for Seattle. They don't have a lot. They don't have the philosophy. So this might be a false positive. Is YouTube going to demonetize me for saying that? Like, <laughs> this might be a false positive for the Broncos because okay. they're going to look really good. It's not going to be quite as good because Seattle just sucks. They just absolutely are terrible. What's your record prediction for Seattle this year? Oh, I'm, I honestly haven't three games, like whatever. <laughs> like I honestly haven't like went through their schedule and picked what they would be, but like, you know, you're winning. Under 500? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Five games and I'll take the under. Okay. Oh yeah. It's going to be tough year in Seattle for sure. And what's your prediction for the Broncos? I forgot. 12 and five. 12 and five. Who are the losses against? Uh, they'd be in the last half of the season. You're splitting with Kansas city. Okay. So there's one of the losses, you know, and then you have some interesting games along the way, even before the bye week before mm-hmm. the bye week, you have a Colts team short week. It's at home for Denver. So that's good. So mm-hmm. the Colts are interesting. The Titans, depending on the health status of Derrick Henry, like if you look at the weaknesses of this team and stopping the run was a weakness in the preseason. Hopefully it's not that this week or any week, but you look at the weaknesses of Denver and stack it up to their opponents. After the bye, things get really, really, really tough, Um, especially for those teams that do have very strong strengths where the Broncos have their biggest weaknesses. So, yeah, there's a a few games in there. If you told me the five right now, honestly, Rich, I don't have the schedule in front of me, Um, but uh, most of that would be after the bye. Okay, and who are you picking to win the AFC West? Uh, Denver. Really? I'm not going to blow bubbles at Kansas City. This is the problem with Anna, with analysis. This is a problem with me speaking English. One, I can't do it real well, so I apologize. And I think I even just messed it up right there. I can't do it very good. Jake is somewhere shaking his fist at me like, oh, this moron. But for me, the problem, here's the problem just in general. Mm-hmm. Everyone lying to you. Like that's, I'm so disgusted when I see other members of the media in sports uh, that just lie to you, they're just like, it's the greatest ever or with Kansas city. Like everyone just bows down to Kansas city. Forget that man. Mm -hmm. Forget that. I'm not going to sit here and be like, they're just the greatest. They lost Tyree kill. They're going to try some different things. And obviously they have Pat Mahomes, but I'm not just going to sit here and genuflect to them. I'm going to acknowledge and recognize who they are, what they are and how they could win the AFC West again. But you know what I have? I have faith. I have belief in Russell Wilson and this Broncos team. I also know that things happen during the season. Nothing is ever as it seems. And oh my God, isn't that a true statement? So it's easy and, and again, I'm not sucking up to the fan base. I'm not even a Broncos fan, okay? As Jake's mad at me as more in my Knicks gear. But like, uh, and I'm not a Nuggets fan. I'm just going to tell you like it is. If I thought Casey was going to run away with this division and Denver had no chance, I would tell you that. 
-hmm. I'm never going to say the Chargers because the Chargers choke and the Raiders just suck. Uh, so for me, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to bow down to Kansas City. This isn't the same old Kansas City. And because of that, my belief in Denver, my belief in Russell Wilson, I'm going to say the Denver Broncos, not to suck up to the fan base, not to tell you that everything's okay. Everything's not okay. There's a lot of stuff that could go wrong with this team, a lot. Mm -hmm. And we have to make sure that doesn't happen or be aware when it does happen. So again, don't listen to propaganda. Don't listen to the people that just tell you the Broncos are the greatest, but also don't listen to the people that just say, okay, how do you beat Kansas city? You can beat Kansas city. You can okay. I'm going to real quick respond to that, but then we got to get into our new series here on coffee break for Fridays with Cecil. My only thing will be how Nathaniel Hackett handles game management because we know how Andy Reid can do it. So that's where I'm a little, I got to see what Nathaniel Hackett can do. Luckily, I, I'll counter that real quickly with a counter to your counter. Andy like Reid has historically been really bad at that. He's gotten lucky with Pat Mahomes. Go back to the Eagles, Andy Reid. That's what you're going to get now. Wow, they're really good. Oh, my God, they never win anything. That's what you could have right now. Again, Mahomes changes a lot. But Andy Reid has historically been pretty bad at that. Go ask a Philadelphia fan. Fatty Mahomes is making Andy Reid look good. Okay, well, we got to get into our new segment on here for Cecil's Fantasy 5 at 10.55. Let's hit the intro. High five. Who do you start? Who do you sit? Any sleepers? Here's Cecil Lammy with this week's five fantasy tips. All right. Cecil's five fantasy tips presented by Hooters, Cecil. Let's go with your first one. Start your does yes yes and did you put that borat part in the intro just for me but here's the thing about week one week one is the most difficult week to predict Mm -hmm. i do projections every week i watch every game twice i chart plays i look for tendencies these allow me to project games and project results for players been pretty successful with it not to break my arm pat myself on my back but i'll tell you this week one is just crazy Week one is like the the Packers could lose to Minnesota, for example. I could easily see that happening um, because that's just week one. That's the way it is. Um, You know, the Patriots could beat the Dolphins, although I believe the Dolphins are favorite. So in fantasy, people are getting real cute and they're like, speaking of Green Bay, I'm uh, Romeo Dobbs. And I'll get to that a little bit later. But like for me, start your studs. You drafted these guys. You're excited about your team. Your draft isn't your team. Your team is your team. As the season goes on, your team will change. But you drafted. You haven't probably done any waiver wire moves, hopefully, yet. Start your studs. Start your guys you were excited about and see. And regardless of the matchup, how many people were worried about Stephon Diggs last night? Right, Rachel? He's going up against Jalen Ramsey. Start your studs. Start your studs. If Diggs, if I start Diggs and Ramsey gets him, like he does uh, Mike Evans or something, right? Like, uh, and it's two for 30. Well, whatever. I still got digs. And, but if I miss out on that type of game, because I got too cute and, oh, look at this matchup. Like, no, it's digs. You start him. Start your studs. I don't care what the matchup is. It's like week it, one. Like it. No tired legs in week one. All right, everybody. No, no, no. Start your studs. Okay. Coming in at number two, Roger's concern. Yes, there's a concern with Aaron Rodgers for multiple reasons. One, you have uh, Alan Lazard, their number one wide receiver, who's essentially replacing Devontae Adams, although there's not a true one-for-one replacement. Mm-hmm. Alan Lazard has this weird, I think it's an ankle mystery thing, and they're like, he's fine. He's not practicing at all. He's fine. 
And I'm like, I can't really trust that. Um, you have Christian Watson, their second round pick, very talented player. Um, but Christian has been, I think he's practiced like five times in yeah. August, you know, so he's banged up. He's probably not going to play, or if he plays, he's not going to do much. They do have Romeo Dobbs, who is their, what is it, fifth rounder from Nevada. Saw him at the senior bowl. There's your drinking game. So like um, <laughs> Romeo's a hell of a talent, hell of a player, but he's like fourth. On the depth chart, even with the injuries, he might be third now. But like, okay, so you're going in with Aaron Rodgers with Sammy Watkins uh, and Randall Cobb. God bless Randall Cobb. He's got the bluest eyes of anyone. But I think he's older than me. So there's no way in hell I'm going to trust Aaron Rodgers this week. And again, I know it starts your studs and it depends on your team. And I don't want to just totally contradict what I just said. Mm -hmm. But also be aware that with Aaron Rodgers, there is uh, some issues, some question marks there. So, for example, if you have Aaron Rodgers, but you have Trey Lance, mm-hmm. I would be more enticed to start Trey Lance. In the same game, I'd be more enticed to start Kirk Cousins than Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson over Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott over Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow over Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. Have I made my point? Mm-hmm. My point is, What's my point? My point is there's concern with Rodgers. Week one, they're usually kind of bad anyway. Um, so just watch, see how his receivers are healthy. And Hey, if you have to put them on the bench and throw in Trey Lance or Kirk cousins, you'll be fine. Week one. They had Aaron, the NFL had Aaron Rodgers as the number 13 fantasy quarterback. Do you agree with that? Uh, not really. I'd have to know who did that. <laughs> I don't want to bag on anybody, but I was <laughs> like, I know some people in the fantasy community that are really good. Mm-hmm. And I know some people in the fantasy community that just, rip off other people it's kind of disgusting and sad but it's like i gotta know who wrote it before i'm like it's like the draft right if chad Ryder from the nfl network or nfl.com writes something i'm like that's gospel because chad does chad's on the grind Mm -hmm. um so yeah i'd have to know who wrote it but like eh, whatever that's low for me aaron Rodgers should be in the top five top seven at Mm -hmm. the very end when we when we say all is said and done at the end of the year, where's Aaron Rodgers rank? It's going to be top five, top seven. Okay. Well, number three, we come in at running QB equal points. Yes. I was asked by my dear friend BK and he was like, why is football guy so high on Trey Lance? I said, because he runs. Mm. Tim Tebow couldn't throw and was a top 10 fantasy quarterback every week. Every week you'd play Tebow and he wouldn't do anything throwing the ball. He'd look terrible, but he'd get you 25 points because <laughs> he's running it and he's getting those rushing touchdowns. So that's why Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts to me is my number, Josh Allen's my number one quarterback this week. I'll just go ahead and look right now at my cheat sheet. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I have number four. Number four this week. Um, I talked about Trey Lance. Trey Lance is that runner. Uh, I've got him above Aaron Rodgers this week at number 10. So, like, um, when I'm asked by people, whether it's media members or fans, like, why are you so well, high? Here on coffee break. Here on coffee break. Why are you so high on Trey Lance? He can run. I don't care if he doesn't know what he's doing yet. It's mm-hmm. already been proven. And it's every single time, every time when Jalen Hurts comes in last year, it's like, well, I'm going to start started him. He doesn't know what he's doing as a passer. Before they had A.J. Brown, they really didn't have a whole lot there for receivers for him. But, like, man, alive. You run the ball. Running quarterbacks equal points. So don't worry about it. Just trust in your scoring system. And that's the way you can um, game the system. I always say it before the drafts. Know your scoring in lineup. So know your scoring in lineup. Your scoring in lineup probably is tilted towards running. 
True. Okay. Number four comes in at RB Sleeper in Washington. Who's the running back? Yes. And first, a point of advice for everyone out there. Uh, when we see Brian Robinson is shot and he's okay, thank God. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to think about is Antonio Gibson. And Gibson's not the sleeper, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I like Gibson. Gibson's a good player. They don't like him anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I just saw so much cruelty. And I think it is cruelty, honestly. Like, let's all be human for the love of God. Can we do that, please? Before we're robots, can we please be human? Um, because when Brian Robinson is shot, I could give a blank about what this does for Antonio Gibson's fantasy value. They don't like Antonio Gibson. Okay. And again, I do. I think Gibson's a good player. He's fallen out of favor with Ron Rivera for whatever reason. Brian Robinson, thank God he's okay after getting shot. He's going to be back, you know, maybe in October, November, something like that. And he will be their starter. But in the meantime, if you're looking for a sleeper and someone, oh, someone got Gibson because they heard about the shooting before you did. All right. Go get JD McKissick, especially if you're in a PPR league. JD McKissick's already a proven player or he can put up even RB2 value for your fantasy team, at least flex, or if you're deep, what the heck flex, which is a term that I coined uh, famously, Rachel. Um, so what the heck flex, J.D. McKissick, yeah, every single week, because they don't really like Gibson. Robinson's not back yet. They'll throw the ball, because I don't think they'll be able to control it with their ground game, and McKissick is their receiving back. So go get J.D. McKissick, plug him in as a sleeper for your week, uh, for your fantasy team this week. Okay, I like it. Number five in our final tip, Monday Night Punch. Yes, you always can look for Monday Night Punch, especially in this type of matchup where it's going to be so Mm one-sided. So if you have tiebreakers, for example, and I've gotten these questions already, which is great, fantastic. Um, Let's say you're like, well, I've got Cortland Sutton, but I have Michael Pittman against Houston. And I'm like, okay, that's a very juicy matchup, and I love Michael Pittman, but I want the Monday Night Punch. I want Cortland Sutton. And I call it Monday Night Punch because everyone's going to be done. Mm -hmm. Your matchup is going to be done. And there's something about just um, confidence again, Rachel. Mm -hmm. And there's something about knowing I'm down by 30, (laughs) but I still got Cortland Sutton, right? You're probably not going to win. But, you know, you're not all stressed out on Sunday. You're not, it's not over for you on Sunday. Okay. Mm -hmm. First off, it's legitimate. It's real. Start your Broncos this week. Yes, that's even Jerry Judy. But, like, start your Broncos this week. Start them with confidence. Melvin Gordon is a flex, a what-the-heck flex. But, like, sleeper of the week. Uh, I look at Monday Night Punch and I go, you know what? I don't want to be done Sunday. I don't want my opponent, who may or may not pay attention to these things, certainly not as closely as I. Yes, I am an aloha, Rachel. But, like, I, I, I don't want to be done Sunday. So, just mentally, on Monday, I'm not like, damn it, why did I lose? I'm like, you know, if, if Sutton has, like, 20 catches for 300 yards and three touchdowns and I'll win. Like just that mental, like I know it's not probably going to happen, but I still got Sutton like, yes, go get some Monday night punch, get it in the form of the Broncos. Don't really start any of your Seahawks this week. Yeah. Just, just stay away from the Seahawks completely. All right. Season one is five fantasy tips presented by Hooters. All right. We're going to go back out now and let's get into a little bit of time. Oh, prediction time, but let's play the outro again, or the intro, because it's a fun one. Hit it. High five! Who do you start? Who do you sit? Any sleepers? Here's Cecil Lammy with this week's five fantasy tips. I do like that new intro. I do like it a lot, that's for sure. And I'm back to be Rachel V. Hill for the day. Woohoo! It's a good day. 
Cecil, I do need to get your opinion though on that um, intro because our very own Raj, our um, producer, or not our producer, excuse me, our program director over at One yeah. the Fan put it together. So I need to know, what do you think? That's perfect. Uh, uh, Raj has many, many, many talents. Mm-hmm. He is excellent when it comes to putting together stuff like that, especially with the Borat stuff, because <laughs> if you listen to Orlando and Cecil, you probably hear me quote Borat uh, at least once a show, half a baked, half, half a baked, half baked every show. So God, if you listen and help, there you go, Rachel. If you're playing coffee break bingo, you got your Cecil Lammy quotes half baked. So there you Should go. Should we make a coffee uh, break bingo for Friday? Yes, yes, of course. Good. Okay, I like that idea a lot. Okay, we're going to do quick prediction times because then we need to get into our survivor pool, our Mia's picks. We got a whole lot to do. So quickly, how many AFC West teams are going to make the playoffs, Cecil? Three. Okay. Oh, that was it? Three. I guess I said fast, didn't I? And you did. You did. I uh, an MVP. Yeah. MVP. Oh boy. Um, Jalen Hurts. Okay. Coach of the year. I don't have a little thingy for this one, but I'm interested to see who you think. Coach of the year this season in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I know it's not going to be Pete Carroll. Can I slam Pete Carroll some more? That just seems like more fun to me. Um, okay. Um, who is it going to be? Who is it going to be? Uh, I'll say Todd Bowles. How about that? Okay, I like it. Um, who's gonna be the standout rookie of the year? Standout rookie of the year. Yeah. Would you be mad if I said Isaiah Pacheco? Um, Drake London. Let's throw him in when he's healthy. Like Atlanta doesn't have a lot, and that's another part of it. Like when he's capable of, you know, being their featured player, other than Kyle Pitts, um, he'll be able to do quite a bit. Plus, a lot of your other rookies. Your Jamison Williams, you know, players like that, um, they are banged up right now. So, and even London's a little bit banged up, but still, like, yeah, I, I think him. Okay. Who are you picking to win the Super Bowl? Hmm. I my heart wants wants to say Broncos just to have fun with it, but uh let's say, let's just go Bills. I'll say Bills. I'll be boring, but again, my best friend's a Bill a Bills fan. He needs some wins, so um give him the Bills. Okay, I'm also with the Bills, but we're going to do, my dog Mia does picks. We've got college because on Monday night we'll do her pick. We're going to play that, and then we're going to bring in our producer, Jake Shapiro, as he's going to tell us a little bit about our survivor pool that we're doing here on Coffee Break. So now Mia's picks. Let's do it. My little dog, my cute little German Shepherd, Black Lab. Here she is. I love her. There's her cute little face. Um, she's my pride and joy. So we got CSU versus Middle Tennessee, and she's going with the Rams. Hallelujah. And then we've also got CU in Air Force, and she's taking the Falcons down in Colorado Springs. So that's my girl right there. I'm proud of her. I love her. Um, so hopefully she went one-on-one last week, but we're excited for the Bronco pick come Monday. But now, Jake, tell us about our survivor pool. Tell us, uh, all the Coffee Break watchers, that they should be excited about this because it's only happening here on Coffee Break 2. You're not going to see anything. Like, it's just going to be inside information. For our loyal viewers, this is going to be very fun because it's going to be a gag that we have just with you that runs every single week. Uh, throughout the NFL season, we are going to be running a survivor pool, non-elimination, meaning every week we have to pick a team that we can't pick again, uh, and we have to survive for as long as possible. Instead of being eliminated from the pool, when you lose, you have to serve some sort of punishment on coffee break. There's fun stuff like doing coffee break blindfolded, uh, doing coffee break with your hand in a potted plant because Cecil Lammy never played with his hand in the dirt, uh, never played out in that NFL field. Uh, 
some fun stuff like that. We've got plenty more coffee break from a library. Um, so good stuff, good stuff. Uh, and this is our first week of picks right here. You'll see what Cecil, Rachel, and I chose as well as the other normals or the regulars on coffee. Oh man. Okay. James picking the Titans will picking the Titans myself. I'm picking the dolphins. I've gone back and forth so many times where I struggle with this. You guys, Jake is going with the 49ers, Mace, the Colts, DMAC, the Colts and Cecil, the Saints. Who do Saints play this week, Cecil? They play the Falcons, and those two teams hate each other, and those cities hate each other. There's actually quite a bit of history I won't get into, but, like, the cities hate each other. So, New Orleans, Jameis, they're going to beat that beat that behind. Okay, interesting. Um, we did get a recommendation. It says, do Coffee Break wearing an orange Flacco jersey? Ooh. <laughs> that would be brutal. Find a... Find a cheap, like, go to Dick's Sporting Goods. You know how they always have the cheap ones for, like, $23 or whatever. Have to find one and wear it. Um, I like it. Jake, you went with the 49ers, correct? Why'd you go with them? Uh, has anyone seen the Chicago Bears recently or heard about the Chicago Bears? Uh, I think I'm just going to fade the Bears, the entire survivor pool. They might not win a game this year. Uh, you know, my, my family's full of Bears fans, and this is the first time I've ever seen them admit to how bad the Bears are. So the Bears are really bad. So I struggle with this. I said this when I told you my pick. I picked the Dolphins. I had, Jake, who did I have earlier? I texted Jake at like 9.55, and I was like, I'm changing my pick. Um, I had, who was it? I don't even remember. Uh, Dolphins over Patriots is a pretty bold pick, though, because and no. <clears throat> and uh, as someone who studies this game, I was like, I don't know what Belichick's going to do. And I love Mike McDaniel. I've known Mike since he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. He was a ball boy for the Broncos with Shanahan. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I love Mike McDaniel. I want nothing but success for him, especially because they're we're going to want to hire Sean Payton next year. But Belichick week one, he spent all year planning for you. New head coach like, eh. I Rachel change your pick. <laughs> I I but see here's where I struggle, right? Because you look at the picks and I'm like, okay, I want to pick a semi bad team week one because I don't want to go with anybody higher up. So I'm going, I'm going a little bold. I'm just putting my my chips all in, even if I have to do something. But I obviously you need those better teams later on. The Saints is a good one though, Cecil. Like I didn't really think about doing the Saints because that's a good one because well, I don't think they're going to be incredible this year. I think they'll be good, but it's a good first week one. I, Jake, I will also say for your 49ers pick, it did catch me because I think the 49ers aren't going to be horrible this year. So I feel like you could use them later on too. But the Bears are obviously awful. I doubt yeah, anyone ever touch the Bears. That's my concern with uh, the 49ers is mm-hmm. uh, that I'm going to want them later on. And using them on the road is a little challenging. But uh, there's also the fact that the Chicago Bears don't even want to play in the stadium that they're playing in. So uh, <laughs> that that franchise, man, we could do uh, we we could go till about four o'clock just talking about the Chicago Bears, and I think it would be interesting content because uh, the unwinding of the spool of the stuff that's going on uh, at Soldier Field right now is just fascinatingly horrible. Uh, you know, they've always been run by incompetent owners. And this is one of the things I will say that I really enjoy about Cecil's dynasty take is, you know, Greg Penner and Kerry Walton Penner clearly care about their product, clearly care about putting good things on the field. And they're going to be around for a while. Like every part of their business shows that they care. 
look at what the Chicago Bears have been stuck with with their ownership for decades with Virginia McCaskey and the McCaskey family. Like the Broncos could have very easily fallen into that situation and they haven't. So that is at least one positive we know going into this situation. Everyone just say dynasty. That's all I got to say. They haven't played a game. Really? I wasn't aware of that. I do. I think the hand in the dirt is hilarious for that exact reason. Like that is so funny, Jake. Good job. Jake came up with all of the um, punishments that people are going to have to do. So here's how this is working though for everybody. Um, this way you make sure you join on Mondays. We're only picking for Sunday games because DMAC picked the Broncos, which was very surprising considering how early on it was going to be what we said. Hey, no, it's Sunday. That way on Monday, people can watch coffee break. We're going to spin a wheel and we're only going to have one loser. So even if myself, Jake and Cecil all lose, we're going to spin a wheel we're going to find out who the loser is, and then we'll spin a different wheel to figure out what they have to do for the punishment. So join on Monday as we'll do our first round of the Survivor Pool. It's going to be a fun one. If you have any other recommendations for punishments, put in the comments. We would love to see. But Cecil, as always, love hanging out with you on Friday. Jake, do you have something to say? Maximum fun for us this week would be if the Titans lose. So if you want to see some fun, <laughs> Titans losing between James and Will Monday would be a lot of fun for the show. Oh, yeah, it definitely would. It would be so much fun. But thank you, guys. We all hope you have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the college games on Saturday. Enjoy NFL Sunday. It's back, everybody, and we'll see you Monday. Bye, everyone.